0: Hello. Partnerships, they can make you or they can break you. What is so good about partnerships that it is something that you seriously want to consider to grow and scale your business? In today's episode of Strategy Talks, we're going to talk to Robin Waite, who's going to share with you a wonderful partnership he forged last year and all the results, all the things, the good things that happened. We're also, of course, going to talk about some you know, cautionary tales and things maybe you should consider before you jump into any partnerships. This is Strategy Talks. If you're ready, we are ready to go.
1: Let's strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free
0: You and me, let's talk some strategy
1: Now here's your host, Doreen Moore and Van Dam
0: Hello everybody, my name is Doreen morin Vedam, and we are back with another episode of Strategy Talks. If you're watching this live, want to welcome you. We welcome comments and questions. As always, let us know in the comments whether you're watching this live on YouTube, on Facebook, or on LinkedIn. If you're watching this on the replay, hashtag replay in the comments will allow my guests and myself to see that you're watching the replay in case you have questions. And of course, if you're listening to Strategy Talks as a podcast, a special welcome to you as well Be, without much further ado i'm going to pull up into onto the stage um my guest for today robin wade how are you today robin
1: i'm great thank you Doreen. i enjoyed your jingle that's one of the Isn't best it? podcast jingles i've ever heard
0: thank you my son wrote um wrote it and recorded it sang it and yeah it's been with me since episode 7 of season 1 so Absolutely love it. I did put a new video together this year, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It's fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good work. Good work. I'm going to have to work my game now, I think, for my podcast, for sure.
0: (laughs) Sure. Well, let me know if you need any help. Um, So we're going to talk about the power of partnerships today. And I'm very excited because I wouldn't be where I am today in my business and you know what i've accomplished in in growing and scaling without partners right and they could be all sorts of different partners so before we jump into your experience robin let's talk about some different kind of partnerships that people could create um when we talk about partnerships and business As, can you have some different ways that we could partner with people and what would that look like
1: yeah i think um a, a lot of people though just to kind of set the scene they get partnerships wrong when they make it all about them. And I think it's really important to talk about the value of podcasts and how that sort of transaction works out. And I have a very simple equation, which is deliver 10 times the value you expect to get back. And any money that happens as a consequence of that is normally a byproduct of doing that job well done, just delivering, you know, tons of value. But in terms of the different types of partnerships, um, there's the the ones, the, fir- the first and most simple one is probably where um, it, it's kind of a skill swap. So, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we tend to think that we um, can can do absolutely everything within our business and we don't let much go. But um, I'm a big fan of finding people in the room who are much smarter than I am at very specific things. And then where I can, I'll help support them by engaging them to do some work together. So um, that supplier, um, you know, um, a customer relationship is probably the first partnership um, which is what most most people would typically sort of look at sure. um, when it comes to business. Yeah. Um, beyond that, then, you can then look at more strategic sort of partnerships. So um, collaborations, for example, is a very good example where, again, no money has to exchange hands, but perhaps there's a slight overlap with audiences where um, you're doing something similar and it makes sense to expose other people to your audience so that they can benefit from it, you know, your knowledge as well. And then you can go much deeper into it than that, where it becomes a lot more commercial. So that, um, for example, and this is something which I'm going to be talking a bit more about today, where you're leveraging other people's audiences in order to sort of grow your own audience. And those are actually, they sound like they they should be really easy to do, but actually they're really hard in practice to pull off. And you've got to be incredibly patient. Um, So, yeah, so those are the three major types of partnerships. That's that's
0: great, yeah, and I'm excited to explore that third way to do that because, you know, when I started my show, I was petrified to be on camera alone. So my first thought was, hey, I'll partner with all my guests. Right, I see all of you as partners, and over the years, um, the guests have. Um, really shown that they are true partners. You know, the more I give them as far as assets, the more they share, the more they share with me to better my audience and the more my audience grows. So that is a true partnership between my guests and myself. So I absolutely love that um that you started with that. So let's start with defining success um in a partnership, right? Are there any key ingredients that you think are important to keep in mind when you, start thinking about partnering with somebody?
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's it's that notion of sort of give give without take, really. It's about delivering exceptional value to somebody. I do think, as a word of caution, it does, there does have to be some balance in that relationship as well. Because I know there are there are some times when you'd be putting everything into a partnership and it's not necessarily being met on the other side. And it, there is a point where, you know, laws of diminishing returns start to happen and you just don't get that you know, the results or outcome that necessarily you're looking for. And so at that point, I think if it's not being reciprocated, I think you've got to kind of politely sort of step back and then look at other strategic partnerships. But um, but generally as a rule, you want it to be fair, you want it to be even, you want, you want all of the parties to benefit in some way from that relationship. Remembering that it doesn't all have to, everybody doesn't have to benefit at the same time. It might be slightly one-sided for a while. And then eventually the other person catches up and they do something on their side of the partnership. I think if it's perpetually that you're putting everything into that partnership and it's not being reciprocated, that's a point to stop.
0: Yeah. That's interesting because I used to tell my kids that they would be going no fair. And I'm like, it's going to be, it's not equal, but it will be fair. Like Mm -hmm. it will, you know, some people, some kids needed more and you know, you can liken that to business. Sometimes you give a little bit more to one partner." Um, knowing that that result, that return on investment comes back maybe next year or next week or in five months. Right. So I love that you you explained that. So when we go on to benefits, you know, let's let's set the stage for what happened to you last year. You kind of telling me in the green room, you partner with somebody um, and I'm going to let you tell the story. And then let's talk about the benefits that came out of that.
1: Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of pressure as a a coach or a speaker to you know that you have to be out there um getting exposure for your your personal brand and um you can follow the the sort of the rule book, which is around sort of building marketing assets, writing books, guesting on podcasts, and all of those sorts of things. Doing social media, which I have views on, which are, you, uh, Doreen, you'll you'll have to stop me because I tend to rant a bit when we get onto like social media and things like that. But there's certain certain things you're expected to do basically to get clients as, as well, you know, and um and to and to gain exposure. Um, but I reached a point last year where I was kind of doing all of the things that all of the gurus and experts told to even the things which I might sometimes even advise my clients to do. And I wasn't getting the results or the exposure which I felt that having uh, I worked out actually in February, just gone now. February the first was um 20 years ago I registered my first limited company. So in, in 20 years in business, I have kind of relatively high expectations that this is where my career should be. And um uh, at the start of our show I was like right, I'm gonna completely th- throw the rule book out the window I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing marketing because I'm just putting all of this effort in and it doesn't feel like it's necessarily being met with you know um, the results which I'd expected um, and started to just rethink how I was going about building my network building my audience how I, my approach to partnerships and things like that and I, I the first thing I noticed was that um, this is goes back to something I said right at the start actually uh, that um, I've been quite selfish. I'm very being very honest. I've been quite selfish about how I'd approach partnerships. And I kind of made it all about me. And I don't want people to think I'm some kind of like egomaniac here, just like, you know, I just got it wrong. It was just a perception thing. I was just just doing it wrong, thinking that I was going out so that I could win business back. And that attachment was the thing which had been holding me back. So start of last year, I completely threw that out the window, decided, right, I'm just going to deliver value to the right people, if I can find the right partners and um, approach it with the right sort of, um, uh, you know, completely detached, the right attitude, you know, if, uh, as in to be detached would be the right attitude in order to be able to help other people. So I put up on my vision board at the start of last year, there was one guy I had in mind, this guy called Ali Abdul which if people are into YouTube, he's he's the leading productivity expert on YouTube with something like approaching 6 million subscribers. And he launched this podcast a couple of years ago called Deep Dive. And just the traction that he got on it was phenomenal. I was like, right, I want to get on to Deep Dive. And I I kind of knew him and a few, couple of people in his network. Um, I've known about him for a couple of years, um, which kind of made it slightly easier. Anyway... To cut a long story short, I'm sure you don't want the whole. We can kind of dig into <laughs> it, but I'll, I'll I'll give the short version, and then you yeah. can ask me the question. Well, actually, I'm going to
0: stop you for a second because do, you yeah. said something a minute ago that I think is important for people to realize. When you said, "I decided to start giving value and not expect anything back," if you're watching this, listening, that is what you should be doing on hmm. social media at all times. Okay. Not just for a podcast you're preparing for or a partnership. When you deliver value over and over and over without expecting anything back, that's when people start following you. That's when you grow your community and that's when you will be a trusted source and that's how your business will scale. So thank you for making that point, Robin, because I think that is something that we get so caught up into our own business. Being and strategy and listening to experts and coaches and all of that, but if we can just consistently deliver value in social media, that is also where that same principle
1: will work. So, all
0: right, you got on the show.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's about. So, I think a lot of people. I did this. It was just you you focus so heavily on the top line, you forget about everything else, which actually like what what are the values and the vision and the mission for the business and things like that. But that's probably something for another anyway. So how I got on the show was quite interesting so I I put a, a picture of me I photoshopped it a picture of me and Ali on a podcast together so that was went on my vision board and I was like very hyper intentional I was like I'm getting on that podcast and I was very specific about that because again marketing to that point had been a little bit like oh I'll send a load of books out and I do a load of stuff and we'll hope that you no know, cast a net out wide and hope that something comes back but this time I was like no no this is important to me I want to go on that guy's podcast and it was very much. I loved his team i loved his ethic um i loved the vision for his business and i loved his ideas and things like that so i was like it really aligned with who i am and i felt well you know let's make it work but they i got wind that they were recording i think season six and seven um at the start of the summer in 2023 and i reached out to some of his team who i'd met at a couple of events previously to that so they knew who i was and i said listen i know you were thinking about recording the next couple of seasons put me down, chalk me down as a super sub. If you know, cause you're going to be doing 20 plus interviews. If somebody's ill or can't make it or whatever over the course of a couple of weeks, let me know. I'll get on the bus, train, whatever, drive down to London and I'll record. So on the Thursday in June, I got a call saying, I guessed on Tuesday's dropped out. Could you make it? And I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. Phone down. And my wife had to go up to Birmingham for work. I had childcare to take care of. I had three other podcasts booked in, which sounds awful, because I was like going to basically had to can a load of stuff in order to make this work, because I knew how epic it would be to get on there. Um, went down, um, got off the train at Paddington, and I got pooped on by a pigeon. Oh, <laughs> right? no. And I'm like, oh, my head, my shoulder, everything. And I'm like, oh, God, no, this is awful. Um, and I don't know why, but that morning I packed five shirts Five spare shirts in my back. I never do it, even, even when I'm going for interviews or things like that in the past. I thought, no, no, this is a big deal. I've been, it's on my vision board. I've got to do yeah. That's five shirts. And thankfully I went into the Hilton Hotel, washed myself down, changed my shirt, and then sort of went and did the interview. Um but uh yeah, I, I had no idea how big it was gonna be. Um we it was quite interesting. So I was very fortunate. I had lunch with the team and and Ali before we recorded. And um, one of the guys there, I mean, they're all freelancers on his team, so they do video production and sure. graphic design freelancing and things like that. And one of them said, oh, Rob, you you know about pricing, don't you? Could could we have a conversation about that over lunch? I said, yeah, sure. So I actually ended up doing a little mini coaching session with Tintin on his team. And um, about five minutes before we hit record on the podcast, Ali said, that thing you did with Tintin, could we do that on the podcast? So I was like, yeah, cool. And we ended up running two, he came up with two sort of made up scenarios for businesses that he wanted, you know, that he was thinking about starting up along, you know, side hustles. So I coached him through those and it w- it was brilliant. Um, I think the, the episodes now had something like 175,000 downloads um, uh, since it one went live. episode. And, one episode, one episode, one two hour chat with, with a YouTuber, right? Um, so 175,000 views, it's generated over 1500 leads, which I'm still getting several every day coming in. Um, and I, I shipped, I, I like to give away copies of my book. Originally we were going to just do like 15 signed copies. The first 15 people applied, but literally the request kept coming. And I was like, do you know what? The universe is telling me I just need to send these books out. Um, you know, without going too woo woo. So I, I shipped 600 signed copies of the book as well in, in sort of three or four months. Um, it was, it was just bonkers. Um, and it was just, it was just because we got on that recording and came from a place of value, basically let's, I'll coach him and hopefully that'll inspire a few other people to start up businesses.
0: That's an amazing story. So what I like to hone into is preparation, right? Vision preparation, and then the value that you gave when you weren't On the clock, so to speak, when you're having lunch, you're being kind to somebody on his staff, somebody on his team, you're doing that mini coaching session. And then he's like, wait, that would be brilliant. So I'm also assuming that the format of the podcast for the two hour podcast was a little bit different than he normally does because you were going to have a conversation, not a coaching or training session. So standing out by doing something different, you kind of manifested this whole thing, which is wonderful. And you've kind of shown us what comes out of that. Now I don't know if we, I've never heard this said in in podcasting, but the outbound, inbound kind of thing, you know, a lot of us think that in order to get on other people's podcasts, we have to have our own podcast and it's very reciprocal. You didn't go into it like that. You weren't going, I need him to be on my podcast, right? You just manifested, I want to be on his. Um, Is there Was there a strategy for that part? Like, did you ever consider asking him to come on yours? Did you ever consider Other partners that you haven't reached out yet to yet? Like, is this a process? I guess what I'm asking is this a process that you can give a name and that you can duplicate moving forward?
1: Yeah, 100%. And so I had considered getting him onto my podcast, but you imagine a guy who's running a $6 million a year business with a team of 15. He's traveling all over the world. He's very hard to pin down for those sorts of things, right? So, um so that that one I've actually kept in my back pocket and I will he will come on the podcast at some point in the future but the process was quite how I how I some the process again was a bit of trial and error I'll be very honest um but I had a great lesson from another friend of mine um there's a guy called Simon alexander Wrong who wrote a book called Energize and I noticed that Simon kept on getting onto these amazing podcasts. He kept on having selfies with the likes of Stephen Bartlett and loads of, you know, he got Simon Sinek to write um, a bit of praise and some of the foreword for his book. And he had these amazing relationships, which he was um, forging. So I, I, and I'm friends with Simon. So said, Simon, how do you keep doing this? How do you keep getting these selfies with all these amazing people? And um, he's like, I'm not going to tell you. It's like, Gah! really <laughs> frustrating, right? But what he said was, he said, if you just watch what I do, you'll learn how to do it for yourself. So I was like, okay, so yeah, Simon Masterson, yes, well, yeah, right, I'll I'll follow you. I'll just see what he does and observed it. And this is how I got onto Ali's podcast, right? I observed Simon, and there was three things which I noticed. Um, The first thing which I noticed was that, and it's very simple, he was, so a lot of people, I think, are lulled into this thing with internet marketing or the internet. Um, global world domination at your fingertips. And so we hide behind screens and we don't really get out that much these days. And I think COVID also put pay to a lot of the in-person stuff, but I noticed that Simon kept on putting himself in the room with these people. He, he literally flew into LA when he knew that Simon Sinek was keynoting at a conference and paid several thousand dollars for the privilege of the flight and the tickets and the hotel and everything. And he, and he got the VIP upgrade literally just so that he could be in the room, he could stand next to Simon and have a photo taken with him, shake his hand and praise him for the work that he was doing. So that's the first thing. Get yourself in the room with the person that you want to do the partnership with, um, whatever it takes. And since January the 1st, 2023, when I changed my whole strategy around this, this is something which I now do. As off- I mean, I live in the Cotswolds in the middle of the UK, which is like out in the sticks, right? So it's a bit of a jaunt, like to get down to London, you know, regularly to kind of meet people. But if there's if there's something I want, if I want to meet somebody, I've got to get down there and do it, and it's as simple as that. So with Ali, I just kept putting myself in the room. He does lots of community events and things like that. So he's now speaking a lot more. Uh, he has a wonderful community built up through his um, through something called the Part Time YouTuber Academy, which is a course which he's built. So. I just didn't I just did the course. I infiltrated his events. I went and met him and shook his hand and said, Thank you for the great work he's doing and various yeah. things like that. And over time you just become familiar with people. So that helped. Right. Um the second thing was and this this I learned more so when um, in sort of the run-up to um, get the team reaching out to me. I connected with all of his team, which at the time there's about sort of 12, 15 of them. And I'd follow their posts. I would comment on their things. I would. I was making introductions, so I was. In, I introduced a couple of guests to for deep dive Ali's podcast. I just. I was just helpful, basically. Mm. Um, and it's one of those things whereby you can choose to do four thousand things twelve times and never master it, or you can do twelve things four thousand times and create true mastery. But of course, you get acknowledged and noticed for that. So, I. I, with with Ali, it was kind of like, well, I'll just be helpful to his team. I'll keep showing up in their world and be helpful and things like that. And I had a couple of calls with his team as well before it. And, you know, just helpful, basically. Um, and then and then it was after that, the third and final thing in terms of um, making sure that that partnership worked. So one, one was the value on the pod, podcast as well. But I think here's where a lot of people get podcasting wrong, right? They show up on a podcast and they're like hey look at me look how amazing I am and look how great and they they don't actually necessarily give you all of the all of the stuff right the formula okay that's mm. hopefully what I'm trying to do now is say well if you do these three things if you you know get in the room if you make sure you're helpful to the team if you lead with value and I'll talk about what value looks like when you're on the podcast as well um, those th- if you do those three things and you're intentional about the person that you want to do some work with, you'll get whatever you want out of it eventually. So patience is a massive part of this. Um, it's probably been two years in total worth of nurturing the relationship to get that opportunity. But now I know that I can apply that to other podcast hosts and I can apply it to other partnerships. I'm um, strategic partnerships that I'm looking to forge and just play the long game. but probably I only need 10 or 12 good solid strategic partnerships. In order to to have a you know build a sustainable you know funnel if you like you know because ultimately yeah there is a part of it which that's what it's about right so the third thing Doreen and then I'll, I'll stop rabbiting but hopefully this is valuable you need assets so the people listening on the audio they can't hear they can't see this but I'm pointing at my book right, right. I'm not going to do a shameless plug for that it's not but a lot of people again get onto podcasts they don't quite give everything away in terms of like value, and then um, they're kind of like, oh, go and follow me on social, go and, you know, go and watch, like subscribe to my YouTube channel. Now audience growth is great, but if you've got something that is gonna potentially transform somebody's life, I like a book, or something of really great value that somebody can sign up to, and physical, um, it puts you in the top 1% of experts out there. And not many people realize this. All right. Can you, day, can
0: you say that again? I love this. Okay. This is like, I'm going this. Okay. Say that again.
1: This is, if, if you have know. something physical, tangible that you can actually send out to people after a podcast, they will never forget you. It puts you easily in the top 1% of podcasters out there. Guests. Well, guests and host. it doesn't matter. Um, because of the internet, we just got lazy and we're too afraid to spend money. Right. Mm. On Ali's podcast, I, I could have just stopped at the 15 books and be done with it. And it had been like 30, 30, 40, 50 pounds or something like that for the printing and postage. But the request kept coming in. And I thought, no, these people obviously saw value in the podcast. I want to follow that up and back it up with something. 600 books isn't cheap to produce and ship, right? Not least because of the time. I packed, I signed and packed every single one. And I marched it down to the post office to see Pauline there, who was very grateful for all the packages I was sending you know, via them. Um, it meant a lot to me to be able to send out those books to people because there was a a lot of the countries where I was sending them to, and this is, sorry, this is a broad generalisation, I probably shouldn't make sweeping statements like this, they couldn't afford coaching. They couldn't afford to spend money on 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 an expensive course or something like that. So I knew for them, receiving a business book from little old Robin in the UK probably meant a heck of a lot to them. And it's something I would have appreciated I know when I was starting up in business as well. So I'll, I'll suck the cost up to have that warm, to get the warm fuzzies on behalf of, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand people.
0: That's yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So for those of you watching, those of you listening to this podcast, strategy talks, Robin has just delivered immense value. So go write that book, go create that course, have something tangible you probably already are guesting on podcasts like me or hosting a podcast like me, if you're watching this or listening to this. So create something tangible that you can then send out to nurture, further nurture that relationship. So Robin, what's in the future? We've got just a few minutes left. What's in the future for you? Where are you going to be? Where can people get in the room with you? when they want to meet you and invite oh, Doreen, you they to can podcast. meet
1: both of us. They can meet both of us, can't they? Because we're speaking at Tube Fest in May, um up in Birmingham. I can't remember what the exact date is, but I'm very May, excited.
0: May 23rd that. on a there Thursday.
1: May, yeah. May 23rd. So definitely for that. Um, I'm also I'm not speaking at it, but I'm um there's a fantastic marketing event here in the UK as well actually. And they get a lot of people fly in for it. It's called Atomicon up in Newcastle. It's in June. Um so I'm going to be there. I'm not unfortunately I'm not speaking yet but again Long-term play. I sponsored the event last year. I'll probably sponsor it again this year. Hopefully, I'll be on the stage next year. So, again, it's investing into those partnerships because I know how valuable it would be to to be to be on that stage there. Um, and it's quite nice that they actually refused to put me on the stage this year because they said I'm not ready for it. I was like, "Cool, I love that. What do you need to see? Then make me a better person. Let me get, my, you know, what have I got to do to get on the stage?" Right. Um, so yeah. So those are the two two big things sort of coming up in the not too distant future. Um uh what else would you like to know, Doreen? What would be helpful? Do you have you?
0: any other partnerships that you're pursuing or are there any is there any like actionable advice that you can leave us with? So wherever people are on their journey, let's start with a beginning podcast or what is something mm-hmm. they need to do right now?
1: So the the key thing is like don't be afraid to ask for what you want. I think a lot of people maybe struggle a little bit with imposter syndrome or think somehow that they're beneath like the the guests which they would love to get on their show and you're not you're really not um i was quite humbled um a a good friend of mine dan Priestley, recently has just recorded for diary of a ceo with stephen bartlett right so it's one of the biggest like podcasts universally you know in the world um and um i was like cool that's so cool like for dan one of my friends to get onto that podcast because it's such a big deal But the nice thing is Dan posted everywhere on social. And the nice thing is a couple of people in the comments put, hey, Rob, they tagged me into it. Hey, Rob, so when are you going to be on DOAC, right? And I was like, oh, thank you. That's that's nice to get that recognition. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me which is like the heart sort of starts pumping a bit. God, me and Steve Bartlett in the room, you know. But equally, I'd be there because I deserve to be there. He's just also another human being, right? So people who are listening, don't be afraid just to put yourself out there and ask for what you want. Be intentional, be helpful, deliver tons of value, and you'll get some great guests onto your podcast if that's something which you want to do.
0: Okay, so as we end, how can people connect with you? Where are you on social? You didn't rant about social, like you said you might. So where can people meet you on social? Where are you most active? And let's put it out there. What's the name of your
1: book, Robin? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a shameless plug. So yeah, it's called Take Your Shot. So, and same as what I did for Ali, I've got copies for your listeners as well, Doreen. So um, they can go to fearless.biz forward slash T-Y-S. So for Take Your Shot. Um, And it will be me hand signing it and posting it down with Pauline at the post office. Um, But yeah, LinkedIn and Instagram are probably the best bets beyond that as well.
0: Okay. And if you missed that link, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes so um, you can connect with Robin. Robin, I am very much looking forward to seeing you in just a few months in Birmingham and be in the room with you. That's just amazing. Um, and for those of you who got immense value out of this, connect with Robin. I'm sure there is more. Um, I can't wait to uh, request a book, Robin. I haven't read it yet. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening to Strategy Talks. And um, I'll be back next week with another episode. Bye, everybody.